Welcome to Global Outreach Community Church, where we proclaim and demonstrate the love of God through Christ. Now, from the Overlook, located in Atascacita, Texas, here is Pastor Anderson with today's message. Can you commit when friends walk out on you? Can you commit when the resources are low? Can you commit in the midst of a bad divorce? Can you commit when you lose your home? Can you commit when God decides to allow you to be laid off? Can you commit when that father's not in your life, when that mother is not in your life? Can you commit to God in hard areas of life? It's a commitment. And the question that I want to ask you this morning is, are you committed? Are you willing to pay the price to give all of your effort, to give all of your energy, to give all of your time, to give all of yourself, to give all of your spirit to your commitment to your Holy Father? Because it will cost you something, but will you commit? So in Daniel chapter 3, I want to call your attention to Daniel chapter 3. We're on our series on commitment. In Daniel chapter 3, today I won't finish it all, but I want to give you a general overview of Daniel chapter 3. Pray today that God would challenge you in the area of commitment because God is calling us to a higher level of commitment. Yes, all of your tenacity. And commitment is not a feeling, but commitment is a lifestyle that every day you wake up, you have the choice to commit to God because God is already 100% committed to you. How do I know? He committed through the death of his son on the cross. He showed you his hand. He is all the way in. All the poker chips are in the middle. He's committed to you, but are you committed to him? Because in Daniel chapter 3, we're going to find out that there are times God allows you to be placed in the fiery trials of life. They call it the fiery furnace. And he may not pull you out of the fire, but he may get in the fire with you. But will you stay committed if God chooses not to take you out the fire, not to deliver you, to allow you to be laid off, to allow you to lose that friend? Will you stay committed? Daniel chapter 3. Verse 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we not, need not give you an answer concerning this matter. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the furnace of the blazing fire, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. Verse 18, but even if he does not, let it be known to you, O king, that we are not going to serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. And in verse 19, the king, he was filled with wrath. Facial expressions changed, and it changed toward these three young men. And he gave orders to heat the furnace seven times hotter than normal. Can you put yourself in that situation this morning? These three young men, and that's what I want to call your attention to, they are young men. It doesn't matter how old you are, 
The question is, will you commit despite your age? You can commit 13, 12, 4, 30, 50, 60. It doesn't matter your age. The bigger question is, are you willing to commit everything to this God who has committed everything to you? And if you notice in our text this morning, a general overview this morning, Daniel chapter 3, these three young men refuse to bow down and worship the golden image which the king has set up. The king sets up this golden image, and he sets it up in the plain of Dura, the province of Babylon. And he sets up this image, and at the sound of the music, everybody in the kingdom should bow down and worship this image. But these three young men, they refuse to bow down. At a certain point in your life, you have to refuse to give in to what the world is saying. You have to refuse to bow down to the golden images that are out there in the world. Let me give you a couple of idols. Money could be an idol. So many people work so much that money has become their idol, their God, and they bow down to money and over bowing down to God. Your spouse can become an idol, that you worship your spouse so much that your spouse takes the place of God. God, the scripture says, is a jealous God. Not that he wants what you have, he just wants you. And if you're committed, you'll give everything to this God who wants all of you. So be careful of the idols. So these three men refuse to bow down. And the king gave orders, verse 19, to heat the furnace seven times hotter than normal. Somebody today, you're in a fiery trial. Man, it's hot. It's never been like this. And God has allowed the heat to be turned up. And there are times that he allowed the heat to be turned up hotter, bigger, that you literally feel like your whole world is crushing now. And he wants to show you that although he may not pull you out of the fire, he is big enough to get in the fire with you. And if you be honest with yourself, there are times in your life that you have been in some fiery trials and you was praying for God to take you out of the trials and God said, no, I'm not going to re uh, replace the fiery trials. I'm not going to pull you out. But what I will show you is that I'm going to get in this with you to show you that I am the God of the fire, that the fire is designed to burn some things off of you that other people have put on you. And I'll show you that next week. So God heats the fire. And here's the first thing I want you to see. These guys made a commitment. And once they made a commitment, the resource followed. Can I say that this morning? Once we make a commitment, the resources will follow. That when you make a commitment to God in every area of your life, resources will follow. What was the resource in the story? Verse 25, it's the incarnate Christ who gets in the fire. He is the resource. We have to understand, it's not all about the things of life, but it's about the God of the thing. He is the resource, and if I can get him, he'll give me everything that I need. But are you committed? Will you make the commitment? Because once you do, the resources will follow. So in life, it's heated up. Where are you this morning? Can I ask you that question? 
The idols have been presented. The things are in front of you. Where are you? Are you like these guys? Are you committed? Or are you wavering in your commitment? Because we're going to find out that whenever God promotes you, promotion brings an intense commitment because the fire intensifies. And that's why we got to be careful always, God, promote me, promote me, promote me. There are times when God promotes you that the temptation gets hotter, that things come faster. And that's why you have to be careful how quick God elevates you. See, I don't care how quick God elevates me just as long as he elevates me in due seasons. And some of us, that's what we need, some due seasons. Just let the due season come. See, you remain committed when the things are little. Because when you get bigger things, you will know how to remain committed. Resources will follow. So are you committed this morning? Here's the issue in the text, the golden image. The golden image is an idol. So here's the definition of an idol. Can we put this on the screen? Idolatry is the worship of anything other than God. Anything else that we worship more than God, that's an idol. You know people worship their shoes? They worship cars. I met people, they got every pair of Jordans you can ever name. Their whole life is surrounded by Jordans. And I laugh. It's nothing wrong with MJs, but you're paying $248 for every pair of MJ, and you're not making a dime off of MJ. MJ is a billionaire. You go to your closet, I seen young men, and you worship them J's, but you refuse to commit to God who gave his everything for you because the idol of the shoes is more important than God who gave everything. You got to be careful. So idolatry is worship of anything other than God. It's excessive devotion. Go back. Excessive devotion or reverence for some person or thing. An idol is anything that replaces the one true God, can you be honest with yourselves this morning and write this down? What's your idol? What's your idol this morning? Because everybody has an idol. We're just not honest enough to admit it. Because some of us, we've been praying for a man for so long as boo, and the boo is not a God. And God has to just kick him down to show you it's never about the man. It's about the man. It's about this God who will give you everything. Some of us, our idols are our relationships. You feel like you can't make it without your friend. Can I let you in on a little secret? Associates come and go, but real friends will be there no matter what. And I've heard this for long, and I used to question this. If you get two, three, or four real friends, you're doing something in this world. But people come and go. But we worship people. We worship their position. We idolize them. We want to be like them. But what's your idol this morning? So I love this quote on the screen from this writer. He says, many idols are good things when properly viewed and used. But when a good thing becomes a God thing, it becomes a bad thing. It becomes your idol. God gives us good things to enjoy. I love my wife. I love going to eat with my wife. I love doing things with my wife. I even love arguing with my wife. I love winning. She loves winning. She gives in. Sometimes I give in. It's a good thing. 
But the problem is when I elevate this good thing over God. What are you elevating over God this morning? What are you elevating that's taking the place of your commitment? Is it your money? Is it your business? Whatever it is, you better figure it out this morning because God is going to show you I'll place you in the fiery furnace and I'll allow you to be burned up and to burn up that thing or I will place you in the fiery furnace and I'll get in there with you. I would rather God burn up all that stuff I have and I get him because if I have him, he'll replace all that other stuff. So this morning, what's your idol? Here's the second general overview of Daniel chapter 3. I'm just giving overviews this morning. God's people will be confronted with the idols of this world. Don't fool yourself. You will be confronted. Growing up, I had them. Think about your friends. That stuff they wanted you to do. You knew better. He was an idol. In verse 1 through 7, we find Daniel. He's nowhere in chapter 3. We don't know where Daniel is, but we do know Daniel's in chapter 1. And he sets the stage for these three young men of how not to bow down to an idol. But in verses 1 through 7, the king gives a decree that at the sound of the music, everyone should bow down and worship the image. And if you don't bow down at the sound of the music, you will be placed in a fiery furnace. God's people will be confronted. Every day you walk out of your house, you will be confronted with an idol. And I know what my idol could be. Real quick, God just bless the church and just give us numbers. That can be an idol. Okay, God, put me on a platform here with FCA. That can be an idol. God, blow up my music school. That can be an idol. Because God can touch your business in a blink of an eye and you have more work, more business than you can ever dream of. But God is saying, can you commit when you have nothing? The world will confront us with idols. But here's what I love. That when the world confronts us with idols, the hero of the Bible shows up. That we're talking about heroes this morning. Batman, Aquaman. Superman, whatever your favorite character is, that character is not like the God of the Bible. Because the God of the Bible shows up in the hard places of life and he does the, extra, he does the extraordinary things through extraordinary people to show himself that he is the hero of the Bible. That when you commit this morning, God will show you that he is the hero of your life. And when he shows up as the hero of your life, give him all the praise. You give him all the glory because you committed. So we have these three men. They're not interested in commitment. They are committed. Don't be interested in committing to God. Commit. Well, it's going to cost me something. It's supposed to cost you nothing, something. Commitment is hard. Any former athletes in the building? Miss Rio, you were an athlete. <laughs> what sport? No, you look like an athlete. Cheerleader, that's an athlete. <laughs> My wife, I already know you're in the band. I'm not even going to mess with you. You're an athlete. Former. Track. Football. Track. I knew that, Miss Crystal. No? You don't want to tell nobody? You was track. Any other athletes in the building? Basketball, I know. 
basketball. Coach said he questions his ability at basketball because this was his coach. Any other athletes? Here's where I'm going, and I'm almost done. You an athlete? What you play? I play volleyball. Volleyball. It costs you something. You have to get, get out to bed. You have to work out. You have to run. You have to eat the right things. You lost some sleep. You couldn't do what other people did. When I got to college, I had to make some sacrifices. I wanted to do all that, but I couldn't. Because in springtime, at 5 o'clock, I had to be on the field. I wanted to be out there, hey, but I couldn't. Because in springtime, I had two workouts a day. I had to make a commitment. Doggone it, if we can commit to sports, why can't we commit to God? That if we can give everything to the world of sports, why can't we give our everything to God? I'll tell you why, because it cost us something. It cost us something. It will cost you. But the commitment is worth it. I'm almost done. These guys didn't make an excuse. Far too often, we make excuses about our commitment. So I wrote this down in my notes. Pastor Anderson, what's your excuse for not fully committing? Think about that this morning. What excuse do we have for not fully committing everything to God? Chapter 1. Last week, we told you that these young men were taken out of their country, out of their homeland, away from their families. They were brought to Babylon. Three years, they were on a training program that the king chose the best men. And within those three years, these men were to eat from the king's table. But Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refused to eat the king's food. And it was Daniel who stood up courageously, and he told the commander of the army, test us for 10 days. Give us veggie and water. And the commander had a choice. Because after 10 days, if these four men physically look worse than the other men, his head will be chopped off. But God gave Daniel and his friends favor. On the way to where I'm going this morning, God will give you favor. When you stand up, He'll give you favor with the right people. Many times, we don't need favor with a million people, just the right person. I'll never forget this. Watching T.D. Jakes, again, I I probably shared this. Whether you agree with his theology or not, whether you like him or not, great leader. He said his ministry exploded after seven to ten years. He was in a storefront doing a, started with the women's conference, Bible study. He would wear the same black suit every Sunday. He said he would have to take the iron out and iron the black suit, and it was shiny. But he stayed committed. He stayed faithful when he had nobody, just a few folks. And one day, Bishop Carton Pearson saw him. 
brought him to Azusa Revival, and put him on the stage. A no-name, I believe from West Virginia, who had a small storefront church, who wore a black suit every Sunday, who ironed it. And Selvin, I know you told me, Pastor, switch up your suits. I'm going to buy you a blue. I don't care. I wear this black suit every day. Well, I got a couple of them. <laughs> and change shirts because it's about my commitment. And when he got on that stage, the world saw him. After that, his ministry started bearing fruit. He made a commitment to move 30 families from West Virginia to Dallas. And that's when the Potter House exploded. He said, now everybody sees, oh, Bishop Jakes, I want what you have. He said, but you got to pay for what I paid for. Because yes. I committed in the beginning. When nobody showed up, I stood and preached. When there was 10 people, I preached. When there was three people, I preached. When there was 30 people, I preached. I served. I served so much that I had blood in my shoes. And I remember hearing that. Over 30,000 members now because he committed. And he said, here's the tough part now. Everybody wants it now. But now is when my commitment is challenged. That now is when I have more idols. See, we look at all that. We look at the 30,000 members, the big stage, the platform, the fame, maybe some of the money he has, maybe some of what he's driving, but we don't know the idols that he has to face. Be careful about wanting to get to where somebody is else too fast. Slow down. And you remain committed. So in Daniel chapter 1, these boys are committed. Chapter 2, the king has a vision. And the king says this. I need some of you guys to interpret this vision. All of my magicians, because I said musicians last week, magicians, and all of the wise men, can you interpret my dream? And if you can't interpret my dream, you will be torn from limb to limb. Nobody in the kingdom can interpret the dream but Daniel. Remember what I said last week? God will give you gifts in chapter one of your life that you'll use in chapter two. Daniel got the gift of interpreting dreams and visions in chapter one. But God used the gift in chapter 2. If you remain committed, every gift that he has deposited in you, he will use in chapter 2 of your life, chapter 3 of your life, chapter 4 of your life, chapter 5 of your life, chapter 6 of your life, chapter 7 of your life. Just remain committed. Daniel interprets the dream. Daniel is promoted. And Daniel, before he interprets the dream, he goes to Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, and he asked them to go to God on his behalf. You better have some people in your corner who knows how to pray. And that's why I want people around me who know God, who know, as my big mama would say, how to get a prayer through, who knows how to connect with God, who knows how to touch the hand of an awesome God. And they prayed, and God interpreted the dream. That's how we got to chapter 3. God's going to use every gift. So I want to remind somebody this morning, every gift, he's going to use it. The dreams he's given you, they'll come to pass. But he wants to make sure that you are committed. So in closing, just a general overview, will you commit? 
Friday, I had an opportunity to attend a funeral of a former board member. We go into this funeral. I knew a lot about Jerry, but I didn't know everything. I knew Jerry had a rare skin disease, uncurable. There was no cure for it. From the time he was born till he died in his 60s, he suffered with this cancer, this skin disease. Didn't matter how much he prayed, God did not take that cancer away. From the time he was born till he died, he had 165 surgeries. Can I say that again? 165 surgeries. Can you imagine yourself most of your life? You're in and out of the hospital. There will be times I would meet Jerry for lunch. And I didn't want to see this. He would raise up his pants leg and show me an ulcer on his leg this big. Open. Cancer. There are times we'd meet for lunch, cousin. He could barely sit down. He had to sit down slow because of the pain of the skin cancer. And we would talk. And he would encourage me. And he would say, Eric, you're the right man for the job. Eric, stay committed to God. And we would have lunch. And we would finish. And it would take him five minutes to get up. And he would walk back to his car. And he would get in his car. Then he hit a stage of his life where he started to doubt God. Like Job. If you've never been there, keep living. Well, life gets so hard that you waver in your faith. So he kind of lost faith. But toward the last year of his life, he recommitted. And we have all these people at the funeral celebrating Jerry. He coached youth baseball. He traveled all over the U.S. He worked at major corporations. He led a lot of nonprofit golf tournaments. We heard all of these great stories, but his friend got up and he said, Jerry was committed. And here's what I thought. Because of his commitment, God didn't pull him out of the fire. God got in the fire with him and brought him home. God to get in that fire with you. Because remember, in closing, that Babylon was not their home. Their home was back in Jerusalem. Atascacita, Texas is not your home. Airtex, that's not your home. Atascacita Forest is not your home. Timbers is not your home. Summerwood is not your home. You have a home that has not been made by hands. And if you're in a fiery furnace today and you remain committed, God's going to get in there with you. And he's going to show you who he really is because you committed to be continued. Father, we thank you for this idea of commitment. We all face idols in our lives. And just like Daniel in chapter 1, he committed at an early age. 
You blessed him socially, chapter 1, physically in chapter 1, mentally in chapter 1. But most of all, you blessed Daniel and his friends spiritually. And everything that you gave to them in chapter 1, see through the rest of the book. So I'm praying for your people today, those who will hear this podcast, those who are listening now. Convict us in the area of our commitment. We want to give all to you. So thank you that you gave all to us. While your heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Here's our appeal this morning. That this God, this good Father, the God who can get in the fire with you, He's fully committed to you. Thank you for listening. Join us each Sunday at 9.30 a.m. at The Overlook, located in Atascacita, Texas. Visit us online at www.globaloutreachcc.org. Remember, your life matters because it matters to Christ.